Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcast a Bible study every Wednesday evening for those who are not able to be with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person for our midweek Bible classes and all of our worship and worship services and study Bible study classes. We begin we begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Bible classes, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, we come back in the middle of the week, good time to refocus on our spiritual lives, so to speak, and get more charged up spiritually as we get into God's Word in our midweek Bible classes. So each Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of our services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. Now, we encourage you to also share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other, t- and other uh, technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody grow in their faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so you may help somebody grow spiritually. You may help somebody come to God. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven by getting them into these studies every day. We encourage you to do that. Now, we also encourage you to take advantage yourself and tell everybody else you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click in the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And when you do that, you'll automatically receive to your smartphone or computer or whatever smart device you choose these Wednesday night Bible classes, Sunday morning Bible classes, all of our sermons, and a daily radio program, Monday through Friday, we call Search the Scriptures, but also a short, about a 13-minute Bible study every single day, seven days a week, that we call today's Bible class. All of that will automatically go to your smart device, and it will always be free. So take advantage of it and encourage everybody you know to take advantage of it as well. Help get God's Word out there to as many people as you can. We're going to get back into our study from 2 John, 2 John, and we'll finish up this short letter from the Apostle John this time. And we were focusing in our last time together, particularly on verses 9 and 10, where John emphasized, whoever transgresses and does not abide in or live in, live by the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. Now, verse 9, we really focused upon last time, and it, it really emphasizes that we need to understand if we want to be in heaven, then we have to believe not only in God, the Father, but also in God, the Son. Now, I emphasize that, and we emphasized that last time because there are a whole lot of people in this world in a couple of two or three major religions, they may believe in God, but they don't believe in Jesus as the Savior, as the Messiah, God, the Son. Well, you even have a Christian faction or two. I I say Christian. I use that term in the loosest sense of the word in referring to this faction or two, who they would say, well, we believe in God, the Father. We believe in Jesus, 
They just don't believe Jesus is necessarily God the Son in the sense that the New Testament scriptures teach him to be. They think God the Father created God the Son somewhere along the line. And uh, so he is not really up there on the same level as we would refer to as God is. Now that's, again, we might even say that's blasphemy from at least one perspective, because they're not believing in Jesus, the Christ, as being eternal, as being part of the Godhead in the ultimate sense of the the understanding. When you read such texts as John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 or 5, you understand Jesus God the Son was there in the beginning with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. He, was, he took part in all of the creation process. You read that again in one of Paul's letters, emphasized. You see numerous, numerous texts of Scripture through the New Testament Scriptures that compare God the Father and God the Son by using the same frames of reference for both of them over and over and over again. So to say that somehow God the Son is not on a par with God the Father, um, you better go back to the drawing board. Get back into God's Word. Stop reading extra books written by man and just read what the Scriptures say. So John says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. We need to understand who Jesus is. He is God the Son. He is just just as eternal as is God the Father and God the Spirit. Now, John uses the term antichrist a number of times in 1 John, and he talks about how antichrists had already come in his day. Now, anyone who would speak against Christ would be an antichrist. He'd be against Christ. That's what that word anti means, against. And when you speak against Christ as being with God the Father, as eternal as is God the Father, always having been there, then you're speaking against Christ and his ultimate identity. So we need to understand that. And then when you have those major world religions that simply reject Jesus as being God the Son. That again, John is saying here, you're not living in the doctrine of Christ? That You don't have the Father either. You see, it's a package deal. They go together. It's either God the Father and God the Son, or you don't have God the Father even. Now, that's what John is saying very bluntly in verse 9 of 2 John. Now, we want to look at verses 10 and 11 and then bring this particular letter to a close. He goes on in verse 10, and he says, as we read a moment ago, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Now, this... Verses 10 and 11 are just as strong by way of emphasis that we must believe in Christ and Jesus, in God the Son, as thoroughly 
and completely as we believe in God the Father and God the Spirit, they're just as emphatic in, in emphasizing we must believe the totality of God. And that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And if we don't, then we're not walking with God. Now, that's really tough for a lot of people to accept, but it is the fact of the matter. We must believe totally in God. And that means God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And so John goes on after emphasizing that if you don't live in the doctrine of Christ or live by the doctrine of Christ, if you don't believe in Christ fully, in all of the identity and the fullness with which the New Testament Scriptures identifies him, then you don't have God in your life. You might say, oh, I believe in God. Don't tell me I don't have God. Hey, hey, John wrote inspired Scripture. This is God's Word. So you take it up with God. But Verses 10 and 11 are just as emphatic. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, somebody comes to you and starts saying, well, you know, you need to understand that, that Jesus Christ was not always there. He's not really on a par with God the Father. God the Father created him somewhere back before humanity. We don't know just when, but somewhere back there in pre-eternity. He was not always there. Well, then John says, if somebody comes bringing this doctrine to you, this teaching, don't listen to him. And when it says, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, I think we're to understand we, we are not to give him any, any degree of encouragement in the false teaching that he's trying to, that he's trying to get across. Now, he may be teaching some truth but he's ruining that aspect of the truth that he's teaching by teaching falsehood about our Savior, about the Messiah. John says, don't give him any room to bring that kind of false message to you. Don't become tainted by it. Don't even give him the respect of listening to him that maybe it might be true. No, it's not true. John says, don't receive him into your house. If you understand that from the strictest or in the strictest sense, he might be saying to the point that don't even listen to him in that false teaching. And then he says, he who greets him, you give him any encouragement whatsoever in his position of false belief and teaching, he says, you're sharing in his evil deeds. The scriptures are emphatic repeatedly. And we, when we look at all of the different verses of scripture that address the importance, the emphasis of truth, then we need to understand that Believing the truth of the scriptures, getting it right, is critical to our relationship with God and ultimately to our eternal life, our salvation, our redemption. 
I want us to look at just some verses of Scripture that emphasize this today. If we turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we look at verse 10, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul wrote this along this line. Notice, well, let's go back to uh, verse 9 to start with. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And note this, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. You see, we would quickly say, well, well, sure, the scriptures are written to teach against fornication and adultery and murder and on and on and on, theft and everything. Notice, the scriptures are written to teach against false doctrine of any kind. If there is any other thing that is contrary or that is opposed to or that contradicts sound doctrine or true doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. You see, it makes a difference what we believe and what we teach and what we practice. A whole lot of people, they just, to a great extent, their Christianity, and I, again, I use that in the loose sense of the term, is a feel-good religion. It's, it's what makes me feel good. Well, they say, oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Well, they, that makes them feel good. But when it comes to focusing on the doctrinal teachings that God has laid out for us in his word through the various inspired writers that he guided to write what they, they wrote so it would be his true word, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, well, then they don't, they don't really want to get into that kind of depth of understanding and commitment and application. They just want a feel-good religion. Makes them feel good in the way they're living their life. They don't want to really have to live with too much commitment of time and energy and, and focus of their life. They just want to believe that I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, that's good enough. In fact, a whole lot of those kinds of feel-good Christians, they really don't even darken the doors of a church building much. Some of them might even say, no, I never go. I don't need to go to church. I believe in God. I've got a good relationship with God. Well, how did you get a good relationship with God if you're not worshiping God with the church that God sent his son to establish on this earth for that very purpose and for the purpose of reaching out, teaching the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ. How did you get that good relationship with God that you think you have? We need to understand, again, truth is truth. What did Jesus say in John chapter 8 and verse 32? You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. In verse 31 of that same eighth chapter of John, he said, if you live by my teachings, by my word, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. 
What is a disciple? A follower, a true follower. We cannot be a true follower of God or a true follower of Christ without living by the teachings of God's word, the teachings of Jesus. And so John says again in 2 John verse 10, if anyone comes to you and does not receive, does not bring this doctrine, if he's bringing some other false doctrine, don't receive him into your house. Don't give him any room or space or any way of encouraging him in his false teaching. Don't. We, we come to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And here again, the Apostle Paul goes on, and notice what he says. 2 Timothy chapter 4, and he is really prophesying in this particular text of Scripture about what was coming. And let me tell you, it's already come. He says, I charge you, beginning with verse 1, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. What word? God's word, obviously. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Well, Paul's, pro- pro- Paul's prophesying. He's predicting. He's foretelling what was coming down the road. And in the denominational world of Christianity, that's happened a long time ago. All kinds of contradictory teachings, false teachings, teachings that are not true to God's word, and yet you've got people through all those different denominations who think it's okay. Hey, uh, we're good. We're Christians. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And again, he said in John 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it's important that we follow God, not just some way, but that we follow God his way. And his way is laid out for us in his word. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. He did not say in obeying something. He did not say you have purified your souls in feeling real good about your spiritual life. He said you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. It makes a difference what we believe, what we teach, what we practice. And that's what John is bringing out here in a very focused way in 2 John verses 9, 10, and 11. We look also at Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 And I want us to look at verse 9. Titus is another very short letter within the New Testament scriptures. Uh, Only three chapters, and they're not very long. In verse 9 of chapter 1, the Apostle Paul wrote, 
writing to Titus, one of his co-workers, he says, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. And then in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Titus, he writes, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, for sound doctrine. You see the emphasis over and over and over and over again throughout the New Testament scriptures, emphasizing the importance of making sure we are believing and teaching and practicing our faith in God, our Christianity, correctly, guided by the truth of God's Word. I want us to look also at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. And here once again, the Apostle Paul writing, and he writes that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. By every wind of doctrine? We've got a whole lot of, we've got a whole lot of different winds of doctrine out there in the denominational world, all being taught by people who claim to be teaching Christianity. But again, so much of it is contradictory to what the true teachings of God's Word really is. We look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3. And here Paul wrote, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. No other doctrine. No other teaching other than what you have been taught, what I have taught you, what God's word really is. In the fourth chapter of 1 Timothy, verse 16, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, the teaching of Christianity, the teaching of Jesus Christ. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You see, once again, the emphasis is on our coming to salvation through Jesus Christ, learning, believing, and obeying, and then living by also the true teachings of God's Word. And then we look at the sixth chapter of 1 Timothy, chapter 6 and verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourselves. If we want to walk with God, we've got to walk by God's word. There's no other way. We can't make it up as we go on, go along. We can't just have some kind of 
feel-good Christianity that makes us feel comfortable and content in whatever we want to believe. Truth is truth, and truth is always narrow. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Now, why is that way narrow that leads to eternal life in heaven? Because it is the way of the truth of God's word, and truth is always narrow. Truth is always narrow. By contrast, he portrayed the highway to hell as the road to destruction. And he says it's that, that, that gate is wide, the way is broad, but it leads to eternal destruction. Well, you see, there's a difference. There's a choice. We have to make up our mind. If we want to walk with God... We can only walk with God through Jesus Christ. And if we want to walk with God through Jesus Christ, we have to walk by his teachings, by his word. We have to live by those teachings. The Bible is here for us for an important reason. It is the guidebook to eternal life in heaven. It is the guidebook to being able to walk with God, to live before him in peace and harmony with his teachings because those are his teachings. As we've emphasized many times, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. More literally, meaning All scripture is God-breathed, God's very word. We can't take parts of it and reject other parts and still be walking with God faithfully. We can't believe certain portions of it and reject other portions of it and still be right with God. It is his word in totality. And we must believe it, we must obey it, we must live by it as our guidebook through life and ultimately to heaven. Well, we read the last couple of verses in Second John. He says, having many things to write to you, I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. We'll pick up with 3 John next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word to guide us in your will. Help us, Father, to respect you by respecting your word, to accept it in totality as your word, and to use it as the guidebook, the manual, the roadmap, for our life. Help us, Father, in this and help people all over the world. Please be merciful and gracious with us, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name.
Amen.